Hey y'all, I'm Sammy, your host of the You Are Made For More podcast. John 10.10 is a promise that Jesus came down to earth so that we would have life and have it abundantly. My prayer is that this podcast and all of the content that we put out will remind every student that they were made for more simply because of who they were created to be. My own walk with the Lord and my relationships with the teenagers that I disciple have shown me that once we understand whose we are, the game changes, or in other words, transformation happens. Our identity changes everything. We recognize that it takes investment and partnership between the church and parents to raise teens who know and believe who they are in Jesus, and we're here to help with that. So buckle up as we take this journey and take a look at what God has to say about friendships, relationships, sexuality, dating, and all the things in between. Alright guys, so today we are having a very special friend of mine on this podcast. Her name is Taylor Hartz. I am so excited for you guys to get to know her. She's one of my best gal pals. Um, She's a 22-year-old firecracker of a woman in the best way that you can be a firecracker. But for real, you will love her. She's wrapping up her senior year of college at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. And she's in the process of learning what it means to follow Jesus. And her life is really a real testament to his faithfulness. I'm so excited for you to hear from her, to learn with us, and to dive into this conversation about her past, her family life growing up, how she came to know Jesus, how she drifted away, and then and then how she came back, and today, how she's applying her relationship with Jesus and what he's teaching her to her relationships, her dating as a single woman. So, welcome, Taylor, to the podcast with me. Here we go. Hey, Taylor, welcome to the You Were Made For More podcast. I am so pumped to have you on here. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us and share a little bit about who you are and your story with us. Hi, Sammy. Yeah, thanks. I'm um, excited to be here. You a little nervous? Uh, You know, a little bit. This is a day (laughs) full of interviews for me, and this is not really an interview, but it feels like one. Yeah, we'll try to just make it a fun conversation, you know, but no, since you bring up the interview thing, I kind of already explained to our listeners how I know you, how we met and and how we're friends and all of that. But I want them to hear from you kind of who you are, what your season of life looks like, who is Taylor Hearts and what are you all about? So give us like a Spark Notes version of that. Yes. Okay. So spark notes version of Taylor. Um, I should be good at this because that's what got me through high school English language arts. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so yeah, um, right now today I finished my literally last day ever at Duquesne university. Um, so I am done. I had my exit interview for student teaching. Um, so that season of my life is closing. Um, I'm very excited about that. I'm ready to be done. Um, 
And I had another interview this morning, which is kind of leading into my next season of life. Um, I'm doing a program called the Pittsburgh Fellows, which thankfully for you, I found out about. And um, it is really just a God thing, how I ended up there and um, just the whole experience, basically. Um, So hopefully uh, the job that I interviewed with today uh, will accept me. And that's where I'll be working next year while I'm doing the fellowship. Uh, And yeah, basically this whole year of my life uh, has been a learning experience, a growing experience. Um, And I think I'm entering a new season for sure. uh, But this past year has definitely been a lot of learning. I think I'm moving into a season of like preparation. I don't Mm. know what for, but I'm definitely, I feel out of the new Christian phase, which I've been in for a while now. So um, Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, for just for our listeners who don't know what the Pittsburgh Fellows Program is, clearly it's awesome because you're doing it, you're investing in it. Um, I did the nine month program. It's kind of like a post undergraduate leadership development program that helps you integrate your faith with the workplace. So it's it, this one is based out of Pittsburgh, PA, which is where Duquesne is and where you went to college, but they're actually all over the country, which is so fun. And it's a great, great experience. Um, so that is awesome that you're committing to that. And it definitely is an intense nine months, but prepares you for your career and where God wants to use you and where he wants to see you serve. So that's awesome. Um, but I want to, so you're, uh, you went to school for student teaching, so you clearly love children, right? So tell yeah. us a little bit about your college experience, um, what drew you to teaching, and, you know, kind of what that looks like with your faith. So I told our listeners that we met leading youth group at our church. Um, so talk a little bit about your passion for kids and what the Lord is doing there and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so I grew up always thinking I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I literally, since the time I was born, like, I don't ever remember saying I wasn't going to be a teacher. Um, and then probably once I, you know, went to Duquesne for education, I started to really think about, okay, do I really want to do this? Am I just doing it because, um, you know, this is what I've been told I've always wanted to do. And this is what I thought. Have I really like thought about why I'm doing this? Also, I think um, being at school and not knowing the Lord and not knowing Jesus before all of that, uh, I don't know if I would have made the decision to not teach if I wouldn't have met Jesus, if that Mm. makes sense. I think that played a huge part in it. Um, But I love children, always have. Um, you know, such a cliche, but they are our future. So, you Mm. know, you have a huge role in their lives. And I have a soft spot for kids, especially kids who are struggling and may not have like the typical family or life um, because I didn't growing up. So I just really, that's what led me then to student ministry. Um, It really just worked out perfectly. I came back to St. Phillips, which is where you were at at the time when we met. And 
um, started leading it there, student ministry. And uh, I don't know if it's necessarily my life calling, but in this season of my life, I, I think it's exactly where I'm supposed to be. That's awesome. Yeah. St. Phillips is a great church in the Pittsburgh area. Um, Their youth program is exploding, which is awesome to be a part of. We we both lead in the middle school student ministry, which has like 100 kids upwards weekly. Um, It's like a young life model type of thing. So you get kids from all different backgrounds who maybe are following Jesus or aren't and are kind of just there with their friends, but we still get to pour into them, which is awesome. Um, So the one thing I want to ask you off of that answer is you talked about how you didn't know Jesus in, in, you know, for a time period and how your life plan kind of shifted after you met him. Um, So tell me a little bit about your life growing up and, and Taylor has been for those of you who are listening, Taylor kind of has been uh, involved with the abundant life. You were made for more teachings and um, we became friends actually through talking about relationships and dating and singleness and all of these things that young adults want to know about. Um, So I love her story. So I'm just going to ask you to share a little bit about what your life was like pre-Jesus before you really started following him and how dating played into that and then what you have learned and how you're living now yeah um big question yes (laughs) oh my where do I begin um so yeah um I guess we'll start with growing up um so I went to St. Philip's actually my entire life um and I think that there were seeds planted there and that has a huge part of why I came back to my faith. Um, you know, whether, you know, I didn't see that happen that never showed for almost eight years, but I definitely believe that my youth leader growing up played a huge role in where I am now. Um, so youth leaders don't give up. <laughs> well, what, uh, tell us, give a, a shout out to your youth leader. Oh, yeah. I love so, this. Chelsea Etienne is, well, now her maiden name or her maiden name was Cobb. Yeah, but she's awesome. Um, She still goes to church in the area, not at St. Phillips anymore. But yeah, she definitely. So good. So good. It is so fun to like reflect because I know as a youth leader, sometimes you're like, is anything I'm doing and, and saying and trying to pour into these kids working. And then when you get to see the fruit of that, that's real cool. So right. shout out to Chelsea. Love it. Yeah. All right. Continue. Yeah. No. So, um, yeah. So growing up, um, I basically thought I had like a pretty normal life. I had two parents, you know, who loved each other, who fought occasionally, but you know, like parents fight. Um, that's just life. Um, and now as I get older, I think that there's a lot of things that I probably have like blocked out from my memory because, you know, there's like certain things I've talked to my brother about and we were in the same room and we have completely different memories of Mm -hmm. what happened in these like moments of our life. But, um, when I was in eighth grade, uh, my dad, who was like my best friend, number one supporter, um, ended up telling me and my brothers that he, was an alcoholic and had a narcotics problem. So, you know, said he'd been sober for a while, you know, quick, very summary, but 
ended up using again, he got cancer, um, almost died, uh, had to be put in the ICU because the carotid artery blew. Um, and this was all throughout high school. So when I was in high school, he was homeless in Pittsburgh because he was using and his sister and grandparents who used to basically like let him come stay with them, you know, were done because it was constant rehab and then back to using again. Um, so during high school, this was all happening. Um, but all of my family friends and, or I mean, all of my friends and their families were very, um, you know, quote unquote normal. Right. And I, I know that there's always things that go on behind closed doors, but a majority of my friends had money, had, um, two parents that loved each other. And so that was what I was seeing growing up. So I never really shared with my friends what was going on, um, with my dad. I just said that like my parents got divorced and I never really talked about my dad. Um, but I think this played a role in, uh, I stepped away from the church. So that's when I stopped going to church. Um, I stopped going to youth group cause I was like just angry at the world and mm. my relationship with God wasn't strong. So, you know, I was, 12 years old when it all started to fall apart 14 by the time my dad was homeless um yeah so that is when I started to care more about my image you know what people thought about me being popular hanging out with cool kids which means partying um dating people and you know like having relationships so that's really what my life consisted of from probably goodness freshman year of high school until junior year of college um as long yeah as I- and and at that oh uh, yeah six six or so years mm-hmm. um and throughout that time you kind of were just doing you right like uh-huh. living living like the world um yeah. does which a lot of I know I fell into that for a period in college um when you get all of this freedom mm-hmm. you're like oh I can do all of these things right? right um so you said that there were some seeds planted mm-hmm. in your your middle school elementary years when you were going to church and youth group and all of those things so tell us a little bit about those seeds specifically when it comes to dating like what what did your life look like but then in the back of your mind what were some things and truths that you know that that were always there mm-hmm. um yeah so I attended the silver ring thing probably two years in a row. Um, so I definitely had a full awareness of why we wait, um, you know, God's purpose for marriage. And I understood, you know, like what, it's so funny for me to like say this because I, I really did. I had a full understanding of, you know, what that does to your heart and the damage it does to your heart. And you know, the little pieces that are slowly taken every Mm -hmm. time that you are with someone else. Um, And then what your heart, you know, you don't have that full heart when you are going to your husband. Um, I will never forget like the silvering thing, enforcing that. And I had a silvering thing. I was proud of it. Um, And then I think, you know, life, you know, family started to happen. Boys started to, you know, give me attention 
And I was involved with gymnastics team my entire life. So I had a bunch of older girls in my life. So seventh grade, you know, I was around seniors in high school sometimes. And so I think seeing then all these quote unquote, cool, popular people, not listening to the silver ring thing, not going to church and everyone saying like, this is fun. This is what will make you cool. And like, that's way more fun than listening to the roles that you get Mm. at church. I was just like, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the silver ring thing is awesome, which it's now I'll link this in the show notes for any youth leader or parent that's listening specifically because they've rebranded to the unaltered tour. So what they talk about is this idea of purity, which is what you're talking about um, in a relationship specifically. And they encourage students to wait until they're married because of who God created us to be. Right. And I think that's such a common misconception is like that the Bible is a rule book and we're commanded not to do things because God wants to keep something from us. Like that's the, the root lie that Satan has, has just put in us since the garden of Eden, right? Like with Eve and, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, like he created this lie of this lie of unbelief that God wants what is best for us. And ever since then we've as a human race fallen into that, um, especially with relationships. So I definitely get what, what you're saying. And, and, and I think what I hear you saying is just that, without the support from the church and without those conversations happening and with what you are surrounded with in gymnastics and school and attention from guys and just feeling good about all of those things that it was really easy for you to just think that that's what was best and fall into that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So that continued, correct, into college, into your time at Duquesne. Um, and and tell us a little bit about when a switch happened. Like, when, mm. when did Jesus finally get your attention, and, and how did that happen? Yeah. Um, so, like you said, yeah, it definitely continued and it probably progressed and got a lot worse, obviously, because in college, you know, everything is just emphasized bigger and exaggerated. Um, so it definitely grew, you know, those habits in college. Um, and I, I think that, I mean, I don't think, I know that God and Jesus was working on my heart way before I consciously said, Jesus, you know, you are my savior and like, you are going to lead my life now. Mm, Because when I think back to it, like it really probably started at the end of my sophomore year, the beginning of junior year. I just kept remembering thinking in my head, like over and over and over, like, is this really what my life is all about? Like, if this is what life is all about, like, this is miserable. Um, Mm. And I was always a Christian. um, 
you know, if anyone would stop me and ask me on the street, yeah, like I'm a Christian, you know, and I, I even still was praying throughout these times in college and stuff. But I just remember, you know, praying for God to help me because I just didn't want to live like that anymore. You know, drinking and constantly partying and constantly just sleeping around. It just literally wasn't satisfying me. And I remember saying to my friends, like, this isn't fun anymore. Like I'm like, literally my body was just exhausted from Mm -hmm. living like this for so long. And I think it was my soul was just like, yeah, because you're feeding yourself with like the exact opposite of what will actually satisfy your soul. Mm, That's good. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of the times at first our sin doesn't look like this intentional desire to be bad, right? Like, like the decisions you were making in social environments and relationships, they, they didn't look like bad things, but after a while, like you said, our souls thirst for something more. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's really cool that you pointed out you mentioned to one of your friends, like, I'm just tired. Like, there has to be more to life than this constant striving and just trying to find my identity and my worth in other people and in other relationships. Um, so, and that the, the Lord was chasing you when you were you know, looking the other way. Cause I think a lot of the times we trick ourselves into thinking that he's not there when really he's just like in the exact place that we're not looking and he's been there the whole time. So what going off of, off of that, you know, and realizing that you were made for more than you were living into, um, how did how did you transform your habits and your life? Because that's great. And a lot of people probably are listening to this thinking like, oh my goodness, I feel that. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that there's more to this, but I'm really like kind of content and comfortable with Mm -hmm. where I'm at. Like, I don't want to change and be remove myself from my friend group and and not be able to go out with my friends and Mm -hmm. party or dump my boyfriend who I think that I love you know um I know I know from being your friend that that was a tough season for you like transforming your habits and your lifestyle to meet what Jesus was calling you to because of who he made you. Um, it's not always the popular choice. So how did you go about doing that? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, oh, wow. Yeah. That was probably by far like there have been, you know, my dad, my parents, all of that. But I would say, you know, that was probably the toughest time in my life but also the most glorifying time in my life um Mm. because when you don't have you know the friends that you used to the only person I could turn to was God um Mm. so yeah so to begin I am a 100% type of person I always have been and I probably always will be so if I am going to do something I believe 
um, and this is with anything, you know, that I'm going to do it all the way. There's not going to be, uh, oh, well, I'm going to be a Christian now, but I'm still going to go out every weekend and I'll go to church on Sunday though. Like, and I'll volunteer. Like, I'm just, I'm not like that. I am like, and I think also, especially when it comes to Jesus, like that's not an option. So I did have to, you know, at first for a lot of my friends, um, it, it was weird because they, I mean, they're not Christians. They don't know Jesus. Um, so me telling them like, Hey, yeah, like I started going back to church. Uh, you're probably not going to see me out as much anymore. Um, even for like a, you know, maybe a friend of mine who tries to set me up with a guy, you know, I, I have to say like, Hey, yeah, like he's a really nice guy. He's cute, but no, like I, I, I can't entertain that. Um, so it's been a constant kind of battle. Um, and I've definitely, I think I'm, thank God. I am over that season because I really have just learned when I have to say no and, you know, certain situations that I know, like, okay, yeah, I I might want to do that. But I know that like, that's, that's the, my own desire. That's my flesh. Um, yeah, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. So like get in the word and light a candle and stay in because going out is only going to lead to bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't have friends who I go out with, who I go to church with, you know, which right. says something about, right. you know, this lifestyle. So yeah, um, it was really hard. And there were seasons where I literally just remember like crying and being like, God, like I, ugh, it makes me sad thinking about it. Mm. Um, yeah, like I just was so alone. It felt like at times. Mm. Um, and I, I remember that's like how I met you. Like I like literally Instagram DM'd you and I was like, <laughs> I don't have friends. Like, please hang out with me. Um, Listen, social media is great for some things. And yes. that is one of them. I remember um, that. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. I just remember like praying and like asking the Lord to put people in my life who would fill the gaps of these friends who I, I truly missed. You know, these are people that I love. Um, and I had known for a really long time, um, but I just, you know, and I'm not saying to anyone who is, you know, thinking that they want to make this transition, like, hey, you can't ever hang out with your friends. Mm. But there is a time where, you know, when you are new and those temptations are still real, um, you know, that's like putting an alcoholic in a bar. Like, mm. you, you can't do that. So, like, don't if those friends tempt you to do things, which mine did, I couldn't put myself in those situations for a really long time. And then in the end though, the Lord has brought so many people into my life who, I mean, now I'm, I'm so blessed with not only like the friendships I've made, but I mean, the people I've met have grown me so much and I'm for the first time really starting to see like Christian community in my life and what that looks like. Um, Sorry. That's awesome. No, yeah, that's awesome. I think community is a huge part to the transition. Um, like-minded people, you know, um, and that you can have fellowship with to fill in those gaps. I love that phrase that you use because we were made for relationship, not only vertically with God, but also horizontally with other people. So when those gaps 
are are missing, we're gonna fill them with the habitual thing that we've been filling them with, which mm-hmm. for you was going out partying with your group of friends, right? And it's only when you replace those those gaps that you're able to really make a shift because that's just unfortunately how our human brains work. Yeah. Um, so community is huge, but I kind of want to shift gears now to talk about where you currently are. Um, you're not dating anyone now. You're single. I'm going to link your Hello. social media <laughs> in the bio, um, in the show notes. Um, but you're single. You're kind of walking this faithful life, um, learning what it means to follow Jesus, which I always say is a never ending process. Um, mm-hmm. I think when I started following Jesus, I had this picture of like, it's going up, baby. Like yeah. we're constantly going to be going up, but like, that is just not how, how we are, you know, right. like it's a constant roller coaster, but you are learning what it means to follow Jesus and date with intention. And like you mentioned saying no to, to people that don't, fit the mold of what the bible says um like there are non-negotiables and dating which which we can talk a little bit about like what are your non-negotiables in dating what aren't you willing to bend on um yeah tell us a little bit about that because i'm interested because it's different for every person um based on what the lord has spoken to you right um Yeah, so I am very single, um, (laughs) and I am super okay with that. Um, I have really gotten to a point now after, you know, this past year where, you know, I'm not just saying like, oh, I'm happy being single, and, um, you know, if that's what the Lord wills for me, like, I'm really okay with that, and then in the back of my head, I'm like, (laughs) God, you better bring me someone. Preach. You know, like I think every girl (laughs) can relate to that. (laughs) Right. Um, But I really, truly am getting to the point where I, I, you know, and I've prayed for God to do this to me and do this to my heart where, you know, that isn't in the back of my head because the reality is I could, you know, I mean, I am young, but you know, I are young, young and thriving. That's right. Um, (laughs) But I mean, I really could be single. That is what the the Lord could will for my life. Mm. And so I just like I have a, my own little issue when like people say like, well, the Lord will bring you someone. And I'm like, mm. I mean, yeah, maybe he will. But he also could not. And, you know, right. which you listen, be OK with either way. Yes. Which I love this conversation because. Like, I'm about to get married. I might be married when this podcast releases, oh. but but life does not begin with marriage, you know? Like, marriage is a gift. It is awesome, and it, it reflects the gospel. It sanctifies you, but, like, in no way is that, is my marriage going to fulfill me, you know? Amen. Like, the, uh, the only thing that can do that is Jesus. So, the fact that you know that and are living that and acknowledging the time where you would say that out loud, but then in the back of your mind be like, oh, gosh, when is my single season going to end? You know, right. like that's so important. And I think that 
as a Christian culture, especially for women, we need to talk more about that. Like, listen, you can be a disciple of Jesus. Your heart will be satisfied regardless of whether or not God wills for your life to be married, you right. know? Um, so, you know, let's say, but you, but like you said, you don't know what God mm-hmm. has for you. So you're going on dates, like you're yes. willing to meet people. Like, like, what do you look for? What are your non-negotiables? Tell me about that. Right. Um, so like I said at the very beginning, like I believe that this next season of my life is a season of preparation, whether that is a season for eventually preparing for marriage, I'm not sure what I'm being prepared for, but I just feel like, you know, the Lord is telling me that's what's happening right now. Um, and I've kind of been saying that since like the new year that like, you know, I just feel like this is a new preparation that is happening within me and my relationship with the Lord. Um, but I, you know, so it's just funny how, you know, I've been single for a long time, but this past year, you would think like, I had had a boyfriend for five years and I was just single because I'm not kidding you when I say, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn because, you know, well, I'll tell you why, but I have been asked out by more people than like both of my hands can count. And Mm -hmm. I, I, it's just like crazy to me because I'm like, oh, you know, and I, I think it's that one, I'm getting to an age where people are in more serious relationships Mm. Um, people are starting to see people get engaged and married. Um, and so I think that men, you know, might see this transformation, right. Even on my Instagram, um, you know, I deleted like every picture from before I knew the Lord because it's, it's, I mean, it was just crazy how like my life just did not represent Jesus. Mm, Um, and I just like needed a clean slate. So you know, my Instagram, my captions are very in-depth about Jesus. So I think that people see that and think, oh, I want a girlfriend like that. So, you know, they, they pursue me, they ask me out. And of course, my non-negotiable is, do you love Jesus? Mm, Um, That's the top one, baby. (laughs) Yes. Like, and do you love Jesus more than me also? Because I am not your God. And don't get it twisted, which people will. So, um, yeah. So everyone will say, yeah, I'm a Christian and yeah, I'll go to church. But what I've been saying recently is, you know, for me, church is not like, Hey, you can sit at home and I'm going to go running on Sundays because I love to run. My life revolves around running. Like, Mm -hmm. no, like church and Jesus is my life period. Like, so it's it's not a hobby and it's not like this thing where, oh, if you don't do it, it's okay because I'm just going to keep doing it, mm. um, which I think a lot of people let go or people let go like, oh, well, he said he's going to start coming to church and he's going to start trying like, well, yeah, that's great. But is he doing it for you or is he doing it because he wants to know the Lord? Um, so good. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, there's plenty of other non-negotiables but um I love that just those top two yeah are 
you want someone who loves Jesus more than he loves you because according to the Bible, which if, if we're Christians, that's the truth we live our lives by, right? Mm-hmm. According to the Bible, it, the commandments do not go love one another and then love God. They go right. love God and then you will be able to love one another. So that's so awesome. And and you also want someone who is kingdom minded and mm-hmm. has that eternal perspective where like, like, like you said, going to church is about community. It's not about the ritual or right. the showing up every Sunday. It's about going to church every Sunday, giving your life, giving your week to God and, and offering yourself mm-hmm. to him. Um, right. so as we, as we, I love this. This is so good. As we kind of look at wrapping up, I just want to ask you, this is going to be personal question. So do with it what you want. Um, okay. I didn't have this written down, but I think it's just really good because there's going to be a lot of girls or guys listening to this um, who have a similar story that, mm-hmm. as yours, you know, and maybe they feel like, God's word and and his gospel and the good news just isn't for them because Mm -hmm. they've messed up too much and, and they've given themselves away to people they shouldn't um, Mm -hmm. or they're addicted to pornography and, and, and God isn't cool with that, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and that they're just too messed up for, for him to love them and for this to to be their story, even though, They've heard it, you know, they've been to youth group, but they just, they're living from a place of not believing it. So if you could say one thing to yourself back when you were in that place or to Mm -hmm. these people, these students that are listening, what would it be? Yes. Oh, um, yeah. So. I mean, exactly what you just described, like that person was exactly who I was. Um, You know, it it was mistake after mistake and, you know, slip up after slip up, bad relationship that I just slowly identified myself with this girl who, you know, has a reputation for herself, isn't really, you know, not... I mean, I guess I would say isn't really deserving of, Mm. you know, what the gospel preaches because that's for quote unquote good people. But in the Bible, it tells us the gospel is for the broken. And, you know, we know that Jesus uses people who are broken all throughout the Bible. Um, And I think if I could have talked to myself, like when I was in this dark place, Um, I would just tell myself, like, truthfully, you are looking for a satisfaction of your your heart and you might not even realize it right now, but you're you literally do the same thing every weekend or the same thing every night, whatever it is, because that that thing satisfies you quickly, but then it fades. So that's why you go back to it. Right. Mm. Because it, it it fades. Um. And Jesus is the only thing that will satisfy that want and that desire in your soul. And not only will he satisfy it, but he truly like 
redeems you. And, you know, that identity that you think you have is washed away and Mm -hmm. you are made new and you do really start to just see the love that is in the Bible and that God has for you. And I mean, that's something that, I mean, as humans, it's hard for us to ever comprehend, but, you know, I don't even see myself anymore as like this person who messed up so much because the Lord has taken that and brought me to a place where I can use all of that to help Mm. other people. Mm. Um, So good. And I think the one thing I want to encourage people based off of what you just said is like you said, it's easy to go back to things that you think are satisfying you, but it's when we bring those things into the light in a Bible-based community with people who love Jesus and can point us to him that we gain freedom from them. So whether that's partying, sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend before marriage, same-sex attraction, pornography, all of these things that are just drowning our culture right now that are that are not of God you know whatever it is bring it into the light because that is how we we become new creations is by accepting God's love for us yeah and experiencing him in our daily lives so that's awesome and so you're a blogger too, by the way. Yeah. You have a blog you love to write. You share ton, like you said, your Instagram. You share tons of encouragement on there. So where can people find you? I'm gonna link to your profiles, but what is your Instagram name so people can look that up? Yeah. So um, oh gosh, I, I'm pretty sure my Instagram name is T dot Hearts. Uh H A R T Z. I'm there there's two Z's. Um, Choosies, love that. And yeah, your your flare. blog, your blog can be found via your Instagram, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it's freedom indeed. Dot wordpress. Dot com. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I really encourage you guys to go follow Taylor, read her posts because you really just share like what God is teaching you and what you're learning mm-hmm. and walking through, which is so helpful for for people to see that you don't have to have it all together to follow Jesus (laughs) and and that following him does not mean that things are always gonna be be easy and get get better simultaneously you know so I love the content you put out there so I'm gonna link your profile so people can find you um and before we go I just want to ask you one more question this is just a fun thing that I want to do with people that guests that come on but like if you could recommend one thing that you're loving so this is just a fun question product book music blog that you like to follow another podcast that you like to listen to shout it out yes wow I literally think I could give you an answer for all of those (laughs) the bible no I'm kidding um (laughs) I went through this phase where I just was like I'm not reading anything but the bible stop recommending stuff to Mm. me like I'm reading the word and nothing but but I got out of that phase um, and I read the book called Defiant Joy by Stacey Eldridge. 
and so it's good. I have heard about that. Amazing. Um, and I heard about it on my favorite podcast, Behind the Bliss. Um, and I was like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna order this. And it just literally, this woman talks about how, like, you know, so often we talk about our feelings, our desires, whatever, but like that's not what it's about. You choose to be joyful because of the hope that Jesus gives us. And you can either choose not to be, but our joy is a choice. Um, and I mean, a lot of the times it just comes from knowing Jesus, but there are times where like, yeah, I don't feel like getting out of bed because Mm. maybe I've had a bad couple of days. Um, or some people are having a bad month, but like you get out of bed and you choose joy because you know, the Lord. Um, so that like really was an awesome book and music. There is I have to just see this real quick. So there is this album by John Mark Pantana called Mighty Grace. Mighty Grace. It's so good. I love that. Everyone listen. Yes, I'm so pumped. I also love Behind the Bliss podcast. Great podcast. Um, Super pumped. We're actually going to have Rachel, the host of that, and her husband, Thomas, on the podcast to talk about dating in high school. And they're now married and following Jesus. But they met in youth group, you know, walked that walk. So super pumped you brought that up. Um, I'll be fangirling. (laughs) Big time. Well, people are going to be fangirling over you after listening to this, but (laughs) um, thank you so much for being on here and sharing your story. And yeah, I just know that your testimony and what God has done in your life and what he's doing through you um, and in you, that's more important than what he's doing through you, but what he's doing in you is Mm -hmm. going to inspire and encourage a lot of people who are stuck in that same cycle that you spent six years being stuck in and and I hope it shifts people's perspective on the fact that that God does have joy for them despite what their choices were and whatever shame Satan is keeping them in um so I'm so pumped for people to um get to listen to this and hear and thank you Yeah, thank you for having me. I hope that you guys love Taylor as much as I do. Um, Like I said, I'm going to link everything in the show notes for you guys. Take a look at that. But just a reminder to head over to our blog at youwermadeformore.org. Follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at AbundantLifeYN. Be sure to do that um, to keep up with what's happening, and we will see you guys next week.